ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, to another episode of the ever-unprofessional Movie Mayhem. Uh, I am your host, Brandon. I am joined by my cats, who feel that their views and opinions of movies are just as valid, and seeing as how they don't get out of the room at all, I highly doubt it, despite their protesting and everything. Before we start, again, unprofessional podcast, um, I really kind of hate the sound of my voice, so I don't listen to my podcasts afterwards, um, so there's really slim to no editing, um, but don't let that like dissuade you from not listening to it or um, letting me give this opinion. Um, I've got a friend who I've known since high school. He has a podcast, it's called Down With Lumpy, it's him revisiting his experience with cancer and his journey to beating it and getting into remission and all of that, and it's going to be completely uplifting. He is a professional social media artist, um, so his will be so, so much better than mine, Um, but I will say this, you should listen to it, enjoy his ride. Um, to find hope and uplifting meaning in it and everything like that. Um, so that's my pitch. It's down with Lumpy. Um, not the Lumpy from Scrooge, um, but down with Lumpy. It's cancer. Again, it's it's it will be great. I know the guy. I know the guy. Everything he touches turns to gold. Um, so it, it'll be a great little podcast. Um, so I highly, highly suggest if you're even remotely entertaining my podcast, then you should definitely listen to his. Um, uh, that being said, let's move on. The movie we're starting with this half is La Bamba. Uh, you have to love La Bamba. You have to. This is not an option in your life. You have to love La Bamba. It's got... Lou Diamond Phillips as Richie Valens. Um, it's it's just a great, great film. You have to, if you watch it only once a year, you have to watch it like February 3rd, the day the music died. And if you're not seeing La Bamba in your head right now, then you have to be screaming, Richie! And if you're not doing either of those things, man, please go back and watch this. The last, when I watched it, it was on Netflix. I can't promise it's still there. But man, just find it and watch it is is what I'm saying. Um, so the whole movie starts off with Richie dreaming of a plane, uh, of, a, of a big plane crash. Like two planes crashing into each other. And so this is like a foreshadow. And this is kind of like a recurring dream. Richie has it's a a recurring nightmare Richie consistently through periods of his life dreams of this plane crashing dreams he's on the playground and the parts of the plane come crashing down and falling on top of him Um, so he wakes up from this nightmare and we turn to 1957 North California and his family is is migrant workers and they're picking oranges um, and his brother Bob shows up on a motorcycle and he drives up and and Bob had been in the slammer and been doing some things on the side he's got money though but everybody like Richie is so excited to see Bob 
because he loves his older brother. And that's another underlining thing is Richie's love for Bob and Bob's love for Richie and how much they just they love each other despite like their complete polar opposites. Richie's this really good kid and Bob is just this guy who tries to do good but just does good in bad ways. Um, and, and Bob is Bob is an underrated character. Um, we'll get into like further things that he does that are uncouth and not cool and all that stuff. But like, he legitimately loves his family and is just trying to like make amends and trying to do what he can. Um, <laughs> he like you know. It, it's an old movie, so sometimes you ride it on a motorcycle, and then sometimes it looks like you're riding a motorcycle with a green screen or a rolling track behind you. Um, but you know, so Bob gets there, and, and Richie had been seeing this girl on the side, or not on the side, but he'd been seeing this girl and taking things slow. And so Richie's sitting there, and he's playing his guitar like he's um, De La Cruz from Coco, and, and this guitar follows him throughout the movie, also. Um, his guitar kind of looked like De La Cruz's guitar. Um, but while Richie's playing a, a song around the campfire for the migrant workers, Bob is off and Bob fucks his girl. And Bob takes her virginity and ends up knocking her up. Um, so it becomes kind of awkward. But Bob, Bob turns to his mom and he's like, you know, I've made all this money. I've got enough money to get you out of migrant worker life and, and we can move to Southern California I, I've got this house and like again Bob trying to make right and trying to do good by his family so he so he does and he moves them in and him and and Richie's girl again I can't remember her name but they move into a trailer in the like in in the backyard almost um and richie's mom and richie and the girl and his sisters live in the house so like again bob just wants to be close to his family you know he's been away for so long and and again trying to do right so he's got him and his you know baby mama in another place so they're not like messing stuff up um and while they're in southern california um or Richie meets Donna. He meet who will be his muse. Um, well, again, there's a song Donna. Who, who is that about? Donna, the girl he met in high school, who he calls Kitten. This and it's this white girl. And so Richie being a Mexican, and Donna being white, and and Richie and Donna's dad doesn't like this whole setup. Um. So, um. But then Bob kind of, again, falls back in his old, his old ways because there becomes a, a, a point in your life where you have to figure it out. But Rich, but Bob is like, I can make more money selling dope and, and dealing coke and shit and do drug and dealing drugs or I can get a real job. I'm gonna make, I make so much more, more money. He's in a motorcycle game. He makes money selling drugs. So that's what he does. Um, but it puts food on the table. It pays for the house it pays for him and his baby mama it pays for his alcohol which in quarantine life we all need in you know the early 60s southern california late 50s bob probably 
didn't need, maybe he did, maybe he's just a functional alcoholic, but either way, the drugs paid for everything. And so, Richie sees a, a flyer and uh, from this band called The Silhouettes. And so he starts, so he goes in and tries out for The Silhouettes and does a great job, joins the band. Um, and at that point, Bob really starts to kind of lose it. He's not the, the impending becoming a parent, becoming a father on top of like his alcoholism and like his need to control things um, all kind of starts to tumble upon itself and so like he ends up leaving the trailer in the backyard and moves into the basement with Richie and again like and, and, and Richie and Bob they both look out for each other and that's again like just something that's kind of missed you for you 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 don't understand like the real you miss the relationship the two of them have um so richie joins the silhouettes and and he has his quote-unquote debut he plays in a garage and his his mom and his sisters and bob's on his motorcycle his mom and his sisters show up and his sister's like, when are they going to let Richie sing? And, and his mother's like, soon, mija, soon. Um, but Richie doesn't sing. Um, because it's not his band. And the lead singer's like, no, no, no. You're just a guitarist. You're not going to sing. So, Richie at that time doesn't get to sing. But things turn out for him. Um, his mom pulls some strings and is like hey she goes to a cowboy bar she's like hey my husband drank himself to death here um so you need to let my son play and the owner's like man i can't let like a kid play at a bar and she's like no you need to let him play you owe this to me my my husband my husband richie's father not bob's but richie's father it he he's like your best customer you need to let him sing here and so the guy finally gives in and Richie makes his real debut at a cowboy bar and just start, you know, and singing and kind of like, again, like the when the Blues Brothers sing at the cowboy bar and sing Rawhide and everybody's like, oh my God, these people can sing country and Western. Um, Richie legitimately does that. So, Richie's made his quote-unquote debut at the Cowboy Bar, where his mom pulled all the strings saying, Hey, my husband, or my, yeah, it was her husband, um, you know, drank himself to death here, blah, blah, blah. My cat's got an opinion about that, apparently. Oh, for real? Okay. Thank you for your opinion, but nobody cares. Um, so, his mom was like, oh my god, me you're so good we need to find you a bigger gig you know you can't just be singing to these rednecks um so again richie's dad was a vet so they go to the american legion and his mom convinces them like hey my son's gonna play here and richie starts his own band it's called richard venezuela uh, i'm sorry richard valenzuela and his flying guitar 
and so you know he gets his band some members from the silhouettes his friends um, and they open up and they play at the american legion and there's all this space and everybody's really like rocking out like they really really enjoy uh richie valens and lou diamond phillips whose singing voice is sponsored by los lobos um but they dig it they really enjoy the whole vibe and everything and so they're kicking it at the american legion and and bob can't handle at times he can't handle richie's success so he falls back into his old ways and he's really drunk with his his biker gang and so him and the biker gang they show up to you know quote unquote support richie but you've got these well-dressed kids in zoot suits and big collars and everything and then you've got the motorcycle gang and it just comes to an issue and bob starts a brawl um and richie is like man my brother's in a fight so i gotta defend him so he leaves the stage and joins the fight and gets into it um and so like it just ends up becoming a kind of a disaster but at that time his uh will will be manager sees him and it's like oh my god this kid's got talent this kid can do it um he just probably needs to not be fighting people in the american legion so um richie just kind of like gets his life back together and starts to try to figure you know he's a normal kid 16 year old kid 17 year old however old he was and he looks out for his family because he because he's richie and his family's important to him because that's the way the it is in family in some families um so while he's getting his shit together he's you know still dating donna and again this whole thing with donna is really like the epitome of racism back in the day yo and almost still today it's not like it's changed but like richie walks donna home and her dad asks him if he's a tot asks his Donna if her boyfriend's Italian and then when she find when he finds out he's Mexican it's like oh yeah hi you know you can't really be dating him and Richie would call and ask for Donna and his her parents would be like yeah she's not here she's out on a date with a white kid or yeah she can't come to the phone things like that and they just you know they really like are shitty and they really treat Ricky like shit which again you know it's it's uncalled for it's it's part of the time but it's still just completely uncalled for because richie really really again he writes a song about donna and he loves her but her parents are like well fuck you you're a little fucking brown kid and we don't want your dirty mexican paws on our you know pure white child um so Richie signs with Bob Keen, um, who we may or may not call Bob too throughout the rest of this. Um, and he's the quote unquote head of Delphi Records, uh, which is the record company he produces out of his basement. Um, meanwhile, like Bob starts to kind of find peace in himself and, and he finds like peace in his drawing because he's 
he's good at it. Uh, he's working as a garbage man and he's picking up uh, trash and he sees like old drawings of like Woody Woodpecker and, and Betty Boop and Popeye and stuff. And so he brings it home and he freehands it. He freehand draws it and he enters a um, like a competition um, because he just he wants acceptance. He wants his mother is so like over the moon with Richie and Bob is just this bad seed and she doesn't get he doesn't feel like he gets the acceptance and so like he's fighting and that's Bob's story is Bob just wants acceptance from his mom he just wants like to feel like part of the family and not like the black sheep or anything and so he tries to get acceptance and he enters this contest and he wins and he wins you know art stuff so he wins like an easel and, and paints and pencils and all this, this stuff. Um, but he's still like, again, like he has his pictures all up in the room. Him and Richie are sharing while his wife lives in the, his pregnant wife lives in the trailer on the property. And his mom and his sisters live upstairs and everything. Um, so finally, just like. Bob's like, man, fuck this. Like, we gotta... I I gotta do something. You know, Richie's pining over Donna, and he can't have her. And Bob is like, all right, well, you know what we're gonna just do? You know, Richie, you're too, too, you know, Americanized. You need to get back to your roots. So Bob takes Richie to Tijuana, and they... You know, Richie hasn't been laid, so they go into a brothel playing at the brothel is Los Lobos playing the song La Bamba in a very folk in the traditional folksy way and like Richie's like looking at the women but then here's La Bamba and he's like oh shit I'm gonna jump up on stage and play guitar with Los Lobos in a brothel La Bamba and he's like hey this is it this is the song um and so while they're in um while they're in Tijuana Rosie, who is um, Richie's ex and Bob's baby mama, she has the baby, and Richie and Bob are nowhere to be found. They can't, you know, they keep trying to reach out to them and they just can't. But Bob introduces Richie to his spiritual advisor, and Richie tries to explain the whole nightmare about planes crashing and everything and the spiritual advisor gives him a necklace that's to keep him safe um, which if you believe that sort of thing it really you know it works um, but again Bob and, and Richie show up back home and Bob finds out that he is a father you know he, he, he is now a father he's got a baby a baby daughter and Richie's you know starting out his career getting ready to go on tour for Delphi Records and and blow up like he does not you know, both literally and figuratively I guess um, and plays all these tours and plays all these shows and and Bob too Bob Keen is like hey we you're getting big you're getting a lot of play and Richie's like, that's great. I want to play. I want to do La Bamba also. Um, 
and like he pushes it and it's like okay and so bob gives bob two gives in and they played la bamba and he records la bamba the la bamba that everybody knows and richie just blows up and richie's like listen man i don't fly but bob two bob keen finally convinces richie hey man just fly out this one time do american bandstand and fly back you know like it will be great for you so richie finally gives in and plays american bandstand and and does a great job and knocks it out of the park and like it just again it blows him up it exposes him to a whole new crowd because it's american fucking bandstand like if you don't know then you don't know but it's american bandstand and so richie starts to get money and he play, you know buys a house for his um for uh, buys a new house for his mom and it's like hey you know tells his sisters hey this is where we're gonna put the swimming pool and she's like a bob or, or bob. she's like richie we don't need a swimming pool he's like oh you know it's like oh shucks like very like comically but also like a kid because he's still a kid he's still a fucking teenager and he you know he just he has all these great plans and and you know everything and he comes back home and there's just this huge fucking ordeal between him and Bob again because Richie moved his family out of the house that Bob bought for them and so Bob kind of takes it as an insult and Bob again just starts to like fall into a drunken like I don't know existence because again like he can't handle it because Richie's the favorite Richie's the the Joseph of the family you know and and Bob just wants some recognition Bob wants to be appreciated, but he can't because of the stuff he does. And, and in his family, it's what he does is what um, defines him. So Richie finally starts to kind of um, work everything out. And he's blowing it up. And he starts the tour, the big kind of... Um, the tour that kind of, that dooms him really, and, and you've got Brian Setzer playing Eddie Cochran. Um, he starts singing "Summertime Blues," and as you should know, the heat on the bus sucked. As you know, Holly and the Bopper and Richie take the plane because Richie was sick and Richie was getting you know sneezing and wasn't feeling well. Um, so he, you know, and actually, like, in the movie, he's call, he calls Bob and talks to Bob and says, you know, like, man, I'd really like to wa- for you to, to come out to Chicago and meet me out in Chicago. And Bob finally is like, yeah, you know, that would be great. Like I said, and talked to each other in a while. And yeah, Bob's finding some sort of peace with his daughter um, and his family and stuff. And so... And one of the things that's really kind of fucked up, an underlining story that, like, is pretty well known, is Waylon Jennings was on this tour, and it was between Richie Valens and Waylon Jennings, a coin flip that Buddy Holly did, and the winner took the plane, and the loser had to be back on the bus, and Waylon Jennings lost the coin flip, and it never, ever, ever 
stopped hurting him throughout his life that he should have been on that plane. Um, but he wasn't. And so, like I said, Buddy Holly and the Big Bopper and Richie take the plane from Cedar Lake to Fargo. And because the weather conditions and everything were so shitty, the plane crashes. And at the end of the movie, you have Rick Dees, who, again, if you're a kid and you don't know, you just don't know. Rick Dees is Rick Dees. And you have Rick Dees stopping the music. Literally, the music dies and starts talking about the plane crash. And Bob is working on his car. And Rosie comes out. Bob is like beside himself Rosie's holding the baby and she's like oh my god Connie which is uh, their mother Bob and Richie's mother and it sank into Bob and so Bob starts running to the other house and his mom is doing laundry and she's just standing there with the music playing in the background or with the radio playing in the background and She's holding um, laundry in her hand. And she throws it and she's like, Bob, not my Richie, not my Richie. Um, and she's just heartbroken over the whole thing. Um, and Bob is upset and, and his mom is sad and everything. And the movie ends. Richie Valens is laid to rest. Um has a flashback to Bob and Richie running up a hill before everything and Bob is standing there and, and he screams you know or he's sitting on a bridge thinking about this whole thing and he just screams out Richie and it's just it's like heartbreaking such a, like a sad ending even though you know how it ends um, but that's it that's that's La Bamba it's Again, like, just completely, like, gut-wrenching, sad. You know, it, it will be sad at the end. Um, even if you already know how it ends. I'm sorry, I'm starting to, like, tear up just thinking about that. So, La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips, Los Lobos singing in his place. It's such a good movie. Again, highly recommend it. <laughs> thank, you, thank you for listening to me ramble. I'll see you on the next side of the next movie. everybody to movie mayhem the show that is so completely unprofessional that you will hear cats in the background if they're not too busy sleeping underneath the covers right next to me literally crawled underneath the covers i had to open it up for her i digress the movie we're doing on this flip side is let me find my notes oh it's willow we have the baby. Um, if you've never seen Willow, it is on the Disney Plus. I beyond, beyond recommend it. Again, one of my favorite movies. It has uh, Willow, um, Val Kilmer. It's an amazing movie. It's yeah, 
I've heard tales that it's a ripoff of Lord of the Rings, and that's fine. I don't even care. I don't even care. I just love Willow that much. I have so many notes. I will try to keep this short, but I cannot promise anything. Um, So it starts off very biblically, though. The prophecy is that a child will overthrow the evil queen, uh, Bavmordia. So she has all the babies killed. Again, very biblical, but not the point. She literally is killing the babies. They find baby Moses, put her in a basket. And it's, her name's not baby Moses, but we're going to call her baby Moses now. They put her in a basket and send her down the river. And she is found by Willow's kids. And Willow is a height-challenged person. Midget is not the correct term anymore. Um, but it's not a dwarf either. I forget what the actor um, actually has. So we'll just say the willows. We'll call them halflings. Okay, let's let's work with halflings. We'll call them halflings. The halflings, um, kids find the baby by the river. Um, Willow is like, whoa, that's a human baby, not a halfling baby. Shit's gonna go down. We need to like return this to the halfling to the humans. But Willow's wife is, just becomes attached to it. Well, there are people, again, the evil queen, Bavmordia, searching for said Moses baby. But she hasn't found it yet. Oh, wait. The dogs have sniffed out. Apparently, these are super dogs who can sniff out scents, even if it's in a river, finds the baby sniffs the baby I'm sorry they don't find the baby but they sniff the baby out to the halfling village and so they get attacked Willow's daughter is in like the middle of the town square which is bad social distancing Um, so he runs saves her but the dogs have attacked Um, the halfling army saves the realm from the dogs by killing them But they're like, hey, some shit has happened. The town gets together and says, we don't know why this happened. We need to figure it out. Here's the tallest of all of the halflings. He will have the power um, because he's trying to buy Willow's land. Also, it's like a completely like off topic um, plot point. But um, Willow... Is like, hey, 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 those dogs may or may not have been here because my children found a human baby and we are, may or may not be the reason. And they're like, well, fuck us. The baby needs to be returned. So, Willow, the tallest of all the halflings, and a couple of their soldiers decide, hey, you know what? We're going to go out and we're going to return the human baby to the human realm. And that is where things get interesting. (music) 
Alright, so, Willow, the tallest of all the halflings, the halfling army, start to go on their journey to take the baby back to the human realm. Well, on the way, in the crossroads, there is a set of cages for prisoners. One of the prisoners being Val Kilmer. Um, and Val Kilmer talks shit to Willow about being a halfling. And Willow talks shit to Val Kilmer about being in a cage. And Willow's bestie is like, well, maybe we should free him and give him the baby. And Willow's like, dude's in a fucking cage. He's a criminal. There's no way we should be giving him a baby. And Val Kilmer's like, no, no. Trust me. I love babies. I'm Val fucking Kilmer. Give me your baby. Set me free and I will watch the baby. Eventually, they let Val Kilmer free. And they give him the baby. Why? Because... If you've learned anything in your entire life, it is give Val Kilmer a baby and see where that goes. That is the premise for probably the greatest show of all time. You want three men and a baby, you need you want to remake three men and a baby, you need to get Val Kilmer in that movie. So Val Kilmer wanders off with Val Kilmer's giving the baby. He goes his own way. Willow's like Willow and his friend are like, hey. Look at us. We did such a great job. We are going to go back home and we're going to be considered heroes. And let me stop here for a moment and explain to everybody um, the plot point I forgot uh, because I didn't write it down in my notes. Willow wants to be a wizard. He does magic tricks. Um, No, I'm sorry. Tricks are something whores do for money according to God or job or According to God Bluth. So, Willow does magic. Uh, he wants to be an apprentice to the wizard. The wizard is the one who sent him, the tallest of the halflings in the halfling army, out on this journey. Um, apparently, obviously, it didn't work out necessarily. Um, but that's that's what Willow wants. Willow ha- And Willow has this one trick, the disappearing pig act. Where it's like a sleight of hand. Pigs end up being behind an altar. Um, but poof. You know. Whatever. The pig is gone. Um, that plays a role later on in the movie. But I digress. They give Val Kilmer the baby. Boom. They think they're heroes. Well. Eventually. The baby. Is stolen by. The brownies. Which are my favorite characters. Because they're flying on a hawk. Past Willow. Going, we have stolen the baby! Um, and with Kevin Pollock is one of the brownies. Um, if you don't know who Kevin Pollock is, then you haven't seen movies. I can't name anything else he's been in. But he's wonderful as a brownie. It, it really just becomes wonderful. Um... So, Willow eventually chases him down, chases the brownies down, gets the baby, is told by a fairy queen that they need to take the baby to find, or that at least Willow needs to find the um, sorcerer, Razelle, who will help defeat 
the evil queen and put the baby on the throne and set right what once went wrong and hoping that the next leap will be the leap home. Um, so they have the baby. They have the brownies. They're like, fuck this shit. Okay, fine. I'm now on a mystical journey. Boom, we're going to go find Rizel. Well, they bump into Val Kilmer. Surprise, surprise. And he is dressed as a woman. Why is he dressed as a woman, you ask? Because he may or may not have been fucking somebody else's wife. Like he's a fucking Jody. And instead of being caught in the act, he is going to dress up as a woman. The girl he was fucking turns to her husband and goes, No, no, this is my sister. And she's here visiting. And we totally didn't fuck on our bed while you were gone and the husband falls for it and starts actually hitting on Val Kilmer who has facial hair but he's like you know what that ain't gonna bother me because you got fake melons in your titties and I wanna fuck that shit so um Val Kilmer um starts to just so they they have that fight and then the daughter, the evil queen's daughter has hunted down the baby to the tavern. How? I don't know. Drones, the CIA, they somehow magically know where all the, all the fucking time where the baby's going to be at. And so Val Kilmer gets found out that he's actually a man by the evil queen's army. The husband gets pissed off. And goes, a man, a man, and starts a huge fucking fight in the bar. And everybody starts to beat up the army. There's a huge, you know, again, a huge brawl. Um, Val Kilmer, Willow, the brownies all sneak out the back door with the baby. Um, And they eventually find the island that... Roselle is in and they transform Roselle except she goes from like a squirrel to like a lemur or some sort of other animal Willow sucks at this point as a sorcerer so he cannot transform her appropriately Um, then he comes back to the land finds out that Val Kilmer sold him out um, because they capture Val Kilmer the evil army again with their CIA drones, um, NSA or whatever they have, um, finds Val Kilmer, kidnaps or captures him. He says, "Hey, I know where the halflings and the baby are." So again, he sells Willow out, and they are forced to walk all the way back to the human realm to the evil queen. Val Kilmer's like, "Hey, I'm sorry about you, but I did what was best." Willow goes, "Yeah, fuck you and your bullshit too." You know, this is the baby. The brownies are in a cage because that's where you stick brownies. And brownies are like, again, like tiny little like fairies. Like you think Tinkerbell fairy type of things. Um, so they try to escape. Um, again, Willow is trying to transform Roselle. Fails horribly, changes her into different animals. Val Kilmer's like, God damn, if only I had a sword. And... Eventually the brownies get them out, 
but they hit Val Kilmer with the dust of broken hearts, which makes him fall in love with the next person he sees. Who is the next person he sees, you ask? Oh, wait. It's the evil queen's daughter. Why? Because he's trying. Because that's where the baby is held. Why? Because the only person who can take care of a baby is a woman. And the only woman on the entire trip is the evil queen's daughter. So, the baby is with the woman. Val Kilmer goes to steal the baby, falls in love with the woman, because we need to have that sort of relationship. That needs to be a plot line. Um, so, they finally escape, and you really, honestly, finally see Val Kilmer as a master swordsman. He just grabs the sword, start slicing people left, right, up and down, cuts down the tents or the that they were living in at the at the moment and puts Willow on a sled with the baby and says fuck this shit we're out of here and they ride out and they go down the hill um, to the village and leave all of it behind but again the army follows behind so there's a huge fight while um, and they bump into Eric's army and Eric is Again, a human who they meet while Val Kilmer's still caged up, and Val Kilmer's like, "Please let me out of here, and I'll fight for you guys." And Eric is like, "Ha ha, we tried that once. You're only true to yourself. We don't trust you, so stay in that cage." Well, Eric's army got their asses kicked, so they're held up in a basement. Um, but eventually, they fight their way out. Oh, Sorsha. That is the um, evil emperor's daughter. And she looks like not Felicity Day. Um, and Eric looks like not Jake Busey. So if you hear me talk about them that way, that is who they are. Sorsha really should be played by Felicity Day. Um, and Eric really should be played by Jake Busey if we remake Willow. However, Disney Plus is apparently coming out with either... A sequel or an after the fact Willow movie or show or something like that. So stay tuned for that. Um, not to the podcast, but to Disney Plus. Um, so Sorsha, Evil Queen's daughter, that's her name. Um, and everybody finds them. But uh, Val Kilmer takes her, kidnaps her, and goes, Ha ha ha, you cannot kill us because we now have the Evil Queen's daughter. And so they escape. Um, and they're a prisoner. She's a prisoner to Willow and everybody, um, and they end up headed to Terrace Lee, which is not an Irish city, but it's a vill- it's a castle, um, where kind of like Megiddo, where the final battle is supposed to be taken, or whatever. Um, but on the way there, Valkyrie's like, wait, she, Sasha says, hey. You said all these wonderful things about me. Did you really feel that way? And Valkyrie's like, wait, the fuck did I say? And she's like, no, you were talking about how I hung the moon and I was your stars. And Valkyrie's like, the fuck did I say? And so she eventually gets away. She runs away. Valkyrie tackles her. She again says, hey, but you said all these wonderful things. He's like, the fuck did I say? And then she knees him in the balls and she runs away. Um... She runs to the new to the 
new army. Um, so Val Kilmer, or I'm sorry, not the new army, the evil queen's army. Uh, Val Kilmer, Willow, the brownies, um, all end up at Terrace Lee, which is abandoned. Looks the fuck abandoned. The only thing living there are trolls. And these aren't like the cute trolls in the movie. These aren't even like the cute trolls you think you see, you think of when you see, um, or when you think of the Billy Goat Scruff. These are fucking like trolls, like people dressed as monk, as flying monkeys. They they are the rejects of the flying monkeys. That are the trolls. Those are the trolls. That's how scary they are. They are like. Re- it is an 80s movie, and they are the rejects of the Wizard of Oz flying monkeys. Okay? And the trolls don't give a fuck about nobody. They will fight Val Kilmer. They will fight the oncoming army. They don't give a fucking shit about nobody. So, the Queen's army is coming down to Terrace Lee. Val Kilmer's like shit. So, he tries to like mount a defense... Finds the armory, puts on a badass set of armor, has his sword, sets up booby traps and everything. Um, so it becomes basically Val Kilmer and Willow versus everybody, versus trolls, versus the Queen's army, every the fuck body. So, while they're doing all of this, Willow accidentally, because again, he is not a wizard, he is not a sorcerer, he is not anything but a halfling accidentally turns a troll into a fucking monster turns the troll into like a two-headed fucking hydra super fucking monster so val kilmer has to fight the fucking hydra that is trying to fucking kill him the queen's army he also has to fight the queen's army that is attacking terrorously the whole fucking nine but because he is val fucking kilmer because he is Iceman, because he is the best Batman, and I will die on that hill, because he is Val fucking Kilmer, he defeats the fucking monster, defeats the bad guys, he may lose the baby in the battle, because the good guys, I have the baby, I have the baby, and rides out of Terrace Lee, but he gains Sasha because she's like, oh my god, I'm super wet right now, you're Val Kilmer, you killed the fucking monster, please... I just need your dick. So, they go to the main castle, uh, where the evil queen Bavmorda has it all ready for a siege, so the army sets up their tent outside of the castle. Well, Bavmorda is a badass bitch. She's queen fucking B, and she is a real sorcerer, so she's like, you know what, I'm gonna turn you motherfuckers into pigs. The only people not turned into pigs are Razelle, who is an animal at the time. I believe she's a goat. Um, and Willow, because she tells Willow put on a project, uh, protection spell. Um, but everybody else turns into fucking pigs. Well, Razelle is like, hold up, I got this shit. Turns them back into humans, turns herself into a human. Realizes she's like 95 years old and belongs in Cocoon. Um, but she's ready to fucking fight. So they storm. So Willow's like, hey, I have this great idea. It's kind of like the Odyssey, or 
kind of like the Trojan War, but not. What we're going to do is build ditches in the middle of the night because nobody knows what goes on in the middle of the night. The castle won't see us building 17,000 fucking ditches. So they hide out in ditches. The army comes out going, hey, where the fuck are they? And they come running out of the ditches and go, ha ha ha, and storm the castle. So you've got Val Kilmer, Willow, Razel, um, Sarsha, all storming the fucking castle. And you got this like crazy badass like witch fight between Roselle and Bavmorda. And they start like yammering things at one another. And they're both like 95 years old, you know, fighting like almost literally to the death. They are fucking like going at it. And Willow's like, oh shit. I'm going to watch this. And Willow finally like hobbling along because he kind of got his ass kicked in this witch fight. And Bathmorda is like, okay, listen, you stupid halfling. I'm not going to do the fucking dirty work. You need to bring that baby and put it on the altar. And Willow's like, fuck you, bitch. And she's like, no, no, no. I'm not going to move. You need to put that baby on the altar. Because she can't fucking do it herself, apparently. And Willow's like, hold up. I'm a badass wizard. I'm a pimp motherfucking MC. I'm gonna do what I do. Watch this, bitch. I'm gonna move this baby into a realm that you can't touch her. And Bathmorda's like, motherfucker, ain't no realm like that. Put the baby on the motherfucking altar. So Willow does his disappearing pig trick. Goes, poof, ain't no baby. Bitch, what you gonna do? Bavmorda's like, oh shit, what the fuck did you just do? And then Willow sets her basically on like a trip and she gets swallowed up by the blood that's surrounding her and gets taken away, poof, dead. Roselle's like, Willow, Willow, what the fuck did you do with the baby? And Willow's like, hold up, it's just my my hidden pig trick. Boom, the baby was here the whole time. Everybody lives happily ever after. Val Kilmer gets the girl. They get to rule over the land. Willow gets to go back home to the land of the halflings. His wife is happy to see him. Gives him a really weird, awkward kiss. His kids show up. Everybody's happy. Willow is a fucking hero. Willow is apparently the super king wizard now. Because he can do a disappearing pig trick, I guess. Um, But that is the wonderful, wonderful movie of Willow. Thank you for listening to me ramble. Sorry that this episode is a lot longer than the last one, but we're going to fluctuate. Life happens. Welcome to quarantine life. And I'll see you on the flip side, everybody. Thanks.